Shame, shame, shame. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. This is going to be Cersei Lannister, a preview, season 8 preview discussion. We're going to be doing recapping her story, just talking all about Cersei. And I know to some people that might watch this that know a lot about Game of Thrones, this might seem like repeat information, but basically what we're going to be doing is setting this up that if you've never watched Game of Thrones before, we're going to explain to you who the hell Cersei is, why she's awesome, and just babble the hell about this crap. And I'm not alone. I also, I wanted to get Joe Dirty Locks in on this stream today, but he had a really tough evening. And uh, he couldn't join me today, but he will be joining me on Friday for another discussion. So look forward to that if you're watching this in the future. But I brought in another friend, someone I haven't talked to in a while live on the podcast, and it's good to get him back. Holy shit, it's Johnny the Irish uh, Indie Boots. <laughs> Welcome, Johnny. What's good, Phil? What's good, everybody? It is Johnny Indie Boots. Uh, is, that, is that what it is now? Monster is struck that, again. Yeah. Is, is that what it Johnny is now? Johnny Indie Boots. Yeah, I forget sometimes. But no, we got Johnny live on the podcast. It's great to have Johnny here tonight to talk about, or today to talk about some Cersei Lannister. I wanted to discuss this with somebody, so I wanted to pop on in Johnny. And we're going to we're gonna, we're talk about the love. We're going to talk about why people like broke love love this character so much what makes her special what makes her unique what has changed about her through the season and also preview a little bit on what we expect from her to die i mean what do we expect from her in season eight to come so let me uh, turn this fucking music down holy crap let's oh i'm not alone we also have a thing who just showed up on the screen the live motherfucking chat we got sauce we got sam we got the walking david in there we got sun we got uh, lady warrior of house tinfoil we got paul q and lots of other friends popping on in there's also a call-in line that's set up right now that you can call in and talk about the Cersei Lannister, I was going to say the show, Cersei Lannister with us at 657-383-1435, or you can leave a voicemail text at 781-990-8509 if you want to get your thoughts in about Cersei. Of course, jump into the live motherfucking chat and share your thoughts live. So who the hell is, hey, we got Smokeahontas, we got lots of good friends in the live chat. Thank you all of you guys for joining us. We know this is last minute. Joe and I have been planning to do this for a couple weeks, but we keep running into some problems so i'm gonna bring in some other friends to talk about cersei or and talk about the different characters on game of thrones johnny quick thoughts what are your opinions on cersei lannister as a character um can i also point out phil left out some information if you want to leave a message for this chat well then you go across to www.mybrotherissocute.com you can you know, back to cersei <laughs> it's a real site y'all i swear to god but uh, Cersei Lannister from the beginning, season one, and we go through the seasons, um, she's the queen. She doesn't seem happy in her surroundings. She has everything in her hand, but the man she is married to, she is not so happy with. And uh, she seems to have a preference for her brother. Yep. And we find that out right away at the very first moment in the first episode. We see her as a very unique kind of character within this world. Not an evil queen, but a very... I think she starts setting the standard for what we're going to get in the show moving on. She's the oldest child of Lord Tywin, who we haven't met as the series starts. And she was raised in privilege with her, her family seat at Castle Rock. Cersei's mother died when she was four. She is the oldest of the three Lannister children. And I don't know. I think overall as a character, probably not necessarily my favorite. I'm a Jamie Lannister fanboy. But I'd say she's... 
probably the most interesting of the three characters. I know Tyrion fans are probably screaming at me right now, but Cersei adds this unique element to Game of Thrones. This character that it's hard to root for, but then by the end, at times, you still root for her to burn them all and kill them all. She's truly the closest thing to true evil that we have on Game of Thrones, I think, in a world that's very gray. And uh, and I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you do you consider Cersei basically true as close to evil as we get on Game of Thrones? Well, Cersei, like, do I think she's evil, like pure evil? No. Uh, for the simple reason, she reminds me of a bingo hall, you know, for 40 plus and up, <laughs> and they're just not happy with their husband, and they complain about how small the pecker is, and like how hot the brother-in-law, whatever, well, brother in this case, is like uh, where she's just on that sleeping around phase, but we do learn that Jamie and Cersei are closer than just a one-off, uh, so it is a, I can't blame her, medieval times, Phil, uh, she's used as a, as a pony to just co-sign houses together that's convenient for power would you call that true evil when you loved someone else i don't know if she really loves anybody else though johnny that that's the thing i hear what you're saying and and i appreciate i appreciate the fight back there a little bit but i do think that it's all self-satisfying i think that's one of the things that's great about cersei i think every situation even with the love for her kids is because they're a mirror image of her and an extension of her own power and i think you could argue, and some argue, uh, Robert never paid her enough attention. I think even if Robert had paid her all the attention, didn't have the whole thing with Lyanna, the obsession, and Cersei was enough for him, eventually she would have turned on him too. And I think it's going to be very interesting just to look to season eight to see how she's going to react and what her opinions of Jamie are going to be from this point on. Now that Jamie has officially left her at this point and is going to try to define his own future... Is she just going to say, fuck him too? I want to burn his ass and, uh, and send the mountain after him. Bring me, bring me Jamie's head or something like that. What do you think her reaction to Jamie in season seven is going to be, Johnny? Do you think she's going to be on the attack? I mean, on season eight. Do you think she's going to be on the attack with him? Or is she still going to have that, quote unquote, warm place in her, her heart for Jamie? Yeah, well, it's a warm place somewhere. Yeah, warm place in her, but, yeah, warm place in her vagina. Yeah. But uh, I could see that happening uh, easily because she's like, Jamie, you deserted me. You left me. We made a deal. We'd never leave each other. He left by choice. This time it wasn't by a fight or by a house or a demand by Tywin. This was of free will. So totally, if she has the option to blow up Winterfell and Jamie's up there, she, she'll she think about it for a second and then go, fuck it, he left me. I totally think she has that like apathy within her. No doubt about it, man. She's She's gone off the hill. Like I still think that. Like She did say she loved Robert before. But, like, it is seriously, like, we, we don't know what tongue of truth that is. So you can argue that. I won't make an argument for that. But when it comes to our kids, I believe, when you say, like, does she love anybody? I believe her kids, she probably has the most fiercest love than anybody in Game of Thrones for her kids. And that is for the reason. If you break it down, like, from a psychological point of view, because Tywin was so imposing, he stopped Jamie and her, like, fiddling each other, to put it nice. And then, like, he divided a split between them. And then he forced her off to a house she didn't want. So she kind of feels that weight on her back. So she's in full control of her kids and she wants to treat them better. 
Do you know what I mean? So I think there's absolute love there because how Tywin treated her. It's an interesting. That's it's a, it's a, no, it's definitely an interesting argument and good and very good point. But I tend to go with like what Smokehantus just said in the chat. I think Cersei's a fucking psychopath. The bloody talk with the two dollar super chat donation. Let me spin that team Cersei haters gonna hate. And don't get me wrong, all of what I'm saying about Cersei is just establishing that I love her as a character because of this. And it's it's those things that make me love her. It's that effed up, that fucked upness. Sam says, I love all three Lannister children equally for different reasons. Uh, D says, Cersei, that bitch. Son says, Robert never honored her enough. Uh, awesome bloody talker. Paul says, this sleeping around, that sleeping around phase. I, I talk about that a little bit later in the in the situation, or we'll talk about that in a moment, with the hot sister relationship. It's not a hot wife situation. They have a hot sister relationship where J where Cersei's allowed to do whatever she wants and Jamie essentially isn't, as we see later, even when she doesn't care about Jamie with the hand and he's uh, disgusting to her, she gets all huffy hufflepuff when Brienne shows up. Uh, two, two good hands. Yeah, two good hands. Uh, oh, God. We'll talk about Euron later a little bit as well. Uh, Paul Q, she did love Robert, but then he called her Leanna. I think in the moment, Paul, that's a good point, Paul. I think in the moment she loved him, but I think long term, if once he would betray her once in her mind, that love is just fleeting. I wonder if Cersei really can love anybody. Is my is my and I'm not saying she can't love anybody. I, that's just more of a question to put out there. Can Cersei really love anybody? Because loving is like thinking about other people. Is it all self satisfying? Because she's an egocentric psychopath or a or, or a person that's very insecure about herself and a psychopath. Either way, psychopath is hard. Uh, Lancel, Lancel, cheers on my tummy. I love you, Jamie. Cheers on my tummy, Lancel, so I don't get pregnant. I love you, Jamie. <laughs> she is. She's crazy. For anybody who thinks I'm a seriously defender, Phil, can I just clarify? Yeah. What's that say? Stan is dumb. Well, it looks like I'm sticking me finger. Whoa. Wait, 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 sorry, Stan, so I just, oh, that, that was a magic trick. It just came out. Mel, <laughs> Mel makes a good point. I think Cersei's more of a narcissist than a psychopath. Very fair. Good, fair there. I think Cersei is not a psychopath. I disagree. Tell me, bloody talker. Kick it in. Uh, she is the best mother in the show. She would burn down the world for her kids, says son. Tori, hello all. Hello to it. And again, I don't, I'm, I want to say the opposite thing. Don't take what I'm saying. I am a Cersei apologist. I love Cersei. I love Cersei Lannister, and I think her crazy tendencies are what makes her an interesting character. I think Lena on the show has played her more measured through the early seasons than just to make reference to the book here. Whereas in the book, getting inside her head, it, you think you can understand a little bit how batshit she is. In the show, it seems like the love for her, the way she's been portrayed. So mainly, what we're talking about here is the show. That she had an intense love for her her children. She had that love for Robert that possibly could have been, but got unrequited. So she went back to Jamie. It continued with her kids and with what happened to her kids in the Maggie uh, prophecy that we've seen without the Valonqar being part of it. And we can talk about whether that's going to be part of it on the show or not, which I don't think because I think we would have seen it. Um, even though I do think that might be one of the out outcomes of her death, one of her brothers killing her, I just tend to think that they kept it out of the show to have surprise in season eight when uh, when Jamie or Tyrion uh, bring her to her bloody end. Uh, but that's just speculation right there. So I think on the show, it seems like she's been more driven to this place and then everything with the shame, shame, shame shit and what the what uh what she went through in season six i think all has led her to this point where in the books as we get in with cersei she's always this way to me anyways 
She blew up the sept and killed over 50 people. She's definitely a psychopath. Cersei is much better mother in the show than the books, that's for sure. I would think that Ed Sheeran's songs bring forth a Valancourt thought. That would have been the scene in there for some pointless reason. Yeah, Team White Walkers sounds delicious. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Maggie thing as we made reference to. When Cersei was, I think it was 15, 16 years old, she and her friend, do you remember her friend's name? It was, was it? It was Mel something. I I don't have it right here, but the chat can tell me. B-side. It was B-side character in the scene. (laughs) And she visited this witch in the woods uh, and begged her to tell her fortune. And she she got uh she the, the witch was like you don't want to know shit uh, and she's like no 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 tell me tell me tell me you don't want to know shit tell me okay i will tell you your future give me your blood <laughs> i don't know why i made her a vampire there she's just fucking uh so she gave the blood she told the future ultimately said uh do you remember you probably remember the actual actual quote johnny what, what was the actual quote that maggie maggie said to her she said in, in a more riddle and a, not an epic voice as uh, Phil just put on there. <laughs> How do you do that epic voice, man? Do you become religious or something? I want to get that epic voice. Hallelujah! Too. Sorry, sorry. Ah, oh, shout out to Jeff Buckley. Imagine if he was in it. But anyways, I'm veering off. Uh, she more or less yeah, said, yeah, your brother, you'll, you'll get choked by your brother and it won't be in a way that you like. And uh, you'll have three children and they will all die more or less. And what was the other one? Uh, will she marry the prince, meaning Rhaegar? And she said, no, you'll marry a king. You'll marry a which king. Which we find out to be Robert. Yep. And he'll have many children and you'll have three. And death and there's shrouds and clouds and all that sort of shit too as well. And nine nickels. Thank you. Malara. Malara. Appreciate that. Mel. Sam, she's so mean to Tommen in the books and he's much younger and it was harder for me to read. M. Yeah, we got M in the live motherfucking chat. And Johnny, I just use simple uh, digital effects. I have a digital effect and go, hey, Johnny, I can sound way more important than I actually am. It's making me religious, man. It's making Johnny, me more religious by come, the second. Come to the church of Cersei. She burned it all down. You will now pray to the god of the mountain's balls. Ha ha ha. Okay. So so she got that, and that's basically clouded her her whole life and could be seen as, if we want to look at everything like Pink Floyd the Wall, was the first brick in the wall of the person that Cersei was ultimately to become. And and after that, there was a civil war. House Baratheon, Cersei was married to King Robert. It was a political marriage. She agreed. And at the time where we've heard her talk about it, she, she like any other woman in the realm, wanted to marry Robert at that time. He was very sexy. He was the king. She was probably pretty excited about it. Tywin probably didn't have to push her a lot towards it. And from what we've seen people saying in the chat, and I don't know, do you agree, Johnny? Do you think at the beginning she was in love with Robert? And Robert, do you have? Do you think Robert could have made it work? I've I said I don't think so. I think eventually it would have blown up. But do you think there is a timeline existence where where uh, the perfect timeline, so to speak, where Cersei and Robert could have made it work? Well, in your chat, someone said it about her being like her ego and she's very narcissistic which i completely wholeheartedly agree with that and if you wait out she's marrying the king it's like what 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 more do you want like yeah so her ambitions would be kind of paired with robert's ambitions you know now you're the king you're the queen let's match houses so i think her ego level was matched there so on that notion i think yeah at the beginning she was gonna make it happen because she even said robert when he wasn't fat and he's very manly like you know he had everything that really all the girls would want at that time because well, Rhaegar had, let's just say, he had medical issues in his chest. 
So Robert was the <laughs> potential of the land, like, and on that notion, Tomacho Rigo, one hundred percent, yeah. Okay, and uh, and uh, Sam also says I think it could have worked. D says as far as character development goes, it's been interesting watching her manipulate her way to the top in season eight. That bitch must fall, says DBC Casey atheist. And uh, Johnny, whatever you're drinking, you need to take a shot of for uh, the super chat donations because it landed on Joe Drink. So uh, that means Johnny, you need to take you need to take a drink at some point. And uh, also, we've got our first call of the evening, and thank you so much for that super chat donation. So let's take a call here let's go over to the dual screen we got from area code 919 let us know who you are where you're calling from and what your question or comment is so hopefully this works area code 919 you are on the air what's going on what's up phil buddy how you doing it's it's bloody talker man what's going on what's going on buddy how are you Oh, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I'm just, I'm here to defend my girl. Do I'm, it. I'm hearing a lot of hate. You, you, you know? I'm giving you the floor. She is a loving mother bear. She is a loving mother bear who would do anything for her children. Calling her narcissistic and all about herself? No. No, 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 no. That's not my girl, Cersei. Not at all. She's all about her children. Now, the only argument you can make about being narcissistic is right now. Because she's got nothing. Take away everything from her. Now you're going to see a psychopathic, narcissistic Cersei. If you thought she was narcissistic and psychopathic <laughs> before, whoo, you're going to have to wait for that. It's going to be, it's going to be different. Now, bloody, bloody talker. What are you hoping as a Cersei fan? And I'm glad to have someone on right now as a Cersei fan as well. Lots of love to Broke Black Man 94, who's out there somewhere listening to this eventually, and who's a huge Cersei fan as well. Right, oh yeah. What are you? hoping for Cersei in season eight what would be your perfect timeline for Cersei in season eight oh let's see Cersei in season eight let's see either she's just got to go she's got to betray the shit out of John and Danny that's got to happen they've got to get put in their place for even trying to trust her I mean come on that's fucking ridiculous are you serious I don't get how that happened um, but no, uh, either she's got to die an epic death that I'd be satisfied with, or she's just going to win everything. You know, if she gets tricked with some stupid crap or we have like a little finger type of buildup for her death, not going to be a happy guy. Yeah. And I, that was, that was, I'd I'm, be okay with her dying and losing, you know, it'd be okay. Yeah. So, so your worst scenario would be just an un, just like a, just kind of a bullshit death. A, uh, a what an obvious death yeah. scene coming that you can see point A to point B and then there's no, but if she, if she really tries and gets brought down by the sheer will of her trying to kill everybody, but ends up getting stopped in the process of it, you'd be okay with that. Okay. Or yeah, like, so basically, can, um, Phil, you know, just picture this, right? She's sitting Look. on the Iron Throne. You've got, like, you know, Tyrion and somebody out there, you know, and Jamie's sitting by her side again. And then she's like, I can read your mind, Jamie. I know exactly what you're going to do. And then he just chops her in half with his Valerian Steel Sword. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that to happen, if you kind of get what I'm getting at. No, fair, fair. Uh, bloody Talker, I think. that. <laughs> bloody Talker, I think Johnny has a question for you. Johnny? Will you yeah, be so. salty when Arya takes our face off in season eight? <laughs> oh, that might be the are one you, person you, I'd be very okay with. That might be a death I'd be very okay with, actually. Um, <laughs> Arya popping out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I could um, deal with that. I could deal with that. 
So, I don't want our little finger. I will agree with him on with Bloody Talker. <laughs> I do not want uh, seriously little fingered because, like, well, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> not well, like that. No. But I don't want her to go out like that. Uh, she yeah, has I... to have a good day. Well, what was that? What was that, Bloody Talker? I walked into that. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, I walked into that one. But yeah, no, I, I don't want it to be like Littlefinger, but I want, I would be okay with Arya taking off a mask and killing him. Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. I found walked into that. But yeah, that'd cool. be all right. Awesome, Bloody Talker. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you so much for the support. Feel free to touch on it if you have any other points you want to make throughout. Talk to you later, buddy. I'm just glad we're back, man. Back to Game of Thrones. I know. Me too. Me too. And I know it's been a long time since we've started, but this is going to be the first domino. Joe and I will be on again to to do more of these kind of things and some prediction things as we get closer. This was just more I was edgy to do this. So I I was talking to Johnny this morning and I basically said to him, listen, asshole, you're you're, you're doing this with me and no no two ways about it. Uh, Smokahontas in the live chat says that bitch needs to die already. Lark says the baby will get aborted. Someone says she's not pregnant. M says Cersei is one of those characters that I love because I understand her feelings and motivations but that I hate because she's just lost her humanity little by little until she becomes a monster well fucking said M uh, Lark uh, didn't happen to, I'm sorry I'm just jumping in conversation Cersei's miscarriages in zombie zombie Kyburn Jr. eats his way through a noose I think that's Mike's perfect future for the end of the season uh, uh, have you seen The Walking Dead Negan survives little figure lives Lark McKellen, true, they killed one preggers bitch, but they won't kill two. HBO has long-standing policy of not killing pregnant women. I think the baby was aborted before she died. I'm glad Negan's alive. Okay, so let's continue into this. So Cersei's, do you consider, do you think the that thing that Tywin always says about Cersei is the best way to describe her? That she's smart, but she's not as smart as she thinks she is. Uh, do you think that's an accurate way of describing some of her plans, Johnny? A hundred percent. If Tywin was wrong, well, then um, what she was doing would not have been called out. It was so obvious what she was doing. Tywin knew what she was doing. Called her out on it. Look, this is what you're doing. So um, I think it like solidifies the points. Like she's yeah. she's a fool who's good at drafts trying to play chess, and she's acting like she's numero uno, and she's not. Yeah, she should be playing to her strength, which is being uh, crazy. Uh, I think her vicious, vicious. And if Joffrey had been a little bit more sensible and just had her as the vicious heel on her uh, on her side, I think she would have served that role really well as sort of whisperer into the king's ear. And so, if a king listened to her and her influencing him as he had Tywin and her to lead on, lean on. If 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 you took Tommen and Joffrey and made one person. <laughs> And they actually weren't quite as psychotic and but more open to listening uh, to Tywin and stuff. Maybe you could have Cersei could have been a good advisor to that. But I don't think she was she should ever be the the leader because she's just she gets too wrapped up in her own decisions and doesn't think plans all the way through. She's not good at tactics in the way that Tyrion is or Tywin is or Mama Tyrell is and it's why the Tyrells kind of played her and then her only reaction was to flip the game board that that was Cersei's reaction at the end of that which showed that she played her hand what she thought well ended up completely screwing her in the end and having her head shaved march naked through the streets with the shame 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 shit which was an excellent story break but, but ultimately was her own doing because of a naivete and pig headedness with her plans Totally agree. That's and as they say with Tywin, like it's the three children are the Troyforce. It's Zelda references all day. They're the Troyforce. You know, you have your Troyforce. You have Tyrion for the smartness, 
Wisdom. You have seriously for the viciousness, and then you have Jamie when it comes to war tactics. You yep. know, what I mean, the three of them combined are Tywin. Yeah. They're all breakoffs from his characteristics. And I and I think it potential could be, especially with Tyrion. I think he could be on par with tactics with him. And I think Jamie trained at his best was a better warrior than Tywin ever was because Tywin never needed to get that good as a warrior. Who knows what he might have been able to if he had pushed himself to that oh we have someone new we have chrissy of old stones who's new in here welcome dig on in jump into the live chat share your thoughts if you have some specific thoughts i'm not getting to in the live chat you can always text them on in and uh share your thoughts that way at 781-990-8509 and you can do that 24 hours a day seven days a week sean says is gendry uh cersei's son i have heard that theory a little bit recently and i'm not a believer of the gendry is is uh one of the is the kid of robert and Cersei I think he's just a bastard uh but show me something different I'd love to be surprised you know like I'll, I'll wait to see on that one but I'm I'm not so much feeling that theory if I'm being honest Jamie is the Johnny Lawrence of Game of Thrones I love the reference Christopher and I love fuck fucking uh Cobra Kai wherever you're watching this stop watching me and watch Cobra Kai it's awesome and that could be true but he still would be the crown prince Cersei loved her children I don't see her tossing one away simply because of who the father is hey Travis I see I that's one of the things I agree with that's an excellent point M I think you know, regardless of her hate for Robert or if she has a frustration with Robert or love for Jamie if she had a kid I don't see her giving it away from everything everything that we know about Cersei dick on into the chat who's dick on into this chat uh, Cersei thinks people should obey her because of her name the other Lannisters understand that you need to earn it that's a really good point and I think Jamie needed to learn that I think if you look at that do you agree with that point uh, uh Johnny Cersei's Cersei thinks people should obey her because of her name the other Lannisters understand that you need to learn it or need to earn it yeah a hundred percent like Cersei has this kind of self-entitlement it's kind of like another blonde uh, chick who i'm not a big fan of uh, who has overgrown iguanas uh, beside her and i uh, <laughs> think she is as we say in ireland she thinks she's the dog's bollocks without barking so uh yeah I, she's a uh, self-entitled i respect seriously though because like everything everything is against her when you look at the whole bigger picture so when it comes to our viciousness like for that i do respect her you know yeah. like a scornful ex like you have to be wary what they can do just because i say she's a fool and she's this and that like it doesn't mean she's like helpless do you know what i mean she can no. fuck you up because she's super had... mario except the princess whips out blades and stabs you in the neck yeah it's <laughs> you know what i mean it's how uh it's how saul goodman was once described in breaking bad she's a chimp with a machine gun at times because she's loaded with a lot of knowledge and a lot of access to power and she's very emotional with her reactions when she feels like she's backed up against a wall but she has fucking serious balls and i think that's part of what makes her so interesting her lack of knowledge or ignorance about something never stops her from acting and when she feels like she's up against a wall or she's not being uh understood or given the kind of respect that she she needs she has an answer to do it and there's no two ways about it she would have poisoned herself and tommen in a fucking second the minute stannis started kicking open that door the minute it happened she was ready to do that and i don't think for a second she wouldn't have done that she would have sliced them all up she doesn't care she she, she has to fight back not burning all these people and i think she is a very 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 strong fucking person uh and not as strong as this person though 
But yeah, de- definitely not. It's a tradition to drink bourbon while watching Phil's channel. I raise my glass to all you wonderful people in the chat. Thank you to all of you guys in the live motherfucking chat. Love you. I love Tyrion in Taiwan. And to go to that point, I think Jamie and Tyrion had a had to get their face dragged through the mud a little bit to learn that Jamie I'm not sure if Jamie no I think Jamie always understood that on some level and I think he was plagued by it because he want and that's why he fought and that's why he trained to be good because he wanted to be good to constantly get people to constantly respect the Lannister name and show how much of an awesome asshole he was and make them love me because I'm awesome and Jamie wants respect and wants honor and wants people to love him he really does he really, 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 really does. More than any other Lannister. More than Tyrion. Tyrion doesn't care, really, when it comes down to it. Like, he wants to find love, and he wants one person to love him, and he wants people to respect him, but he doesn't really care about people thinking he's a great and honorable man, I don't think. I think Tyrion cares about being right. <laughs> and Tyrion cares about the right thing happening at nature. And we'll talk about Tyrion and Jamie in more extent in their, issue, in their issues as well. But... I, I don't know. I think I think Cersei is is a very strong character but does make very stupid mistakes, Johnny. I think she makes a lot of dumb mistakes and that that have made her path a lot more difficult. Totally. She definitely doesn't help and from a story aspect, like Cersei, like if we're not being fans here and picking sides, because I'm I'm already taken by the stags, but <laughs> I'm, a, a I'm stag a lion. do, which means we're permanently single, <laughs> technically. But like for seriously, it's like Tyrion wants to just be a Lannister. Uh, Jamie wants to protect the Lannisters, and Cersei wants to rule the Lannisters. So you have all these dynamics playing out, like which they're all great characters in their own right. Like uh, the fact that Cersei can draw an emotion or opinion by me is how good the characters wrote. And uh, the bloody talker, he defends seriously the way I defend Stannis, so I can totally understand the angles he's coming at. But it's like he made a point there saying uh, just in the chat about how Cersei, like, of course she's entitled to, like she has that self-entitlement because she's of royal blood, bow to her. But at the same time, you have to be respected too. You know, there's two ways to rule, and if the people don't respect you, eventually they're going to flip-flop. And after Cersei's actions... Like, after burning everybody, like, that's going to make most of that people in that town go, what will she do to me? Yeah. So that's not good ruling. No. Do you know what I mean? No, and it's not going to serve well for Tyrion or Jaime moving forward either. And that's something I look forward to talking to, talking about more as time goes on. But uh, Jaime and Tyrion, I think, are all going to have to wear that badge as well. And I don't envy their story that's going to be happening right now. Uh, Sam says uh, she thinks more with her heart and emotions than her head, and that's what gets her into trouble. Stan is always a dick on the show. Uh, Paul Q says, Jamie earned it as a squire, but lost it as King oh, as Kingslayer and Tyrion as a dwarf. And absolutely true. Chrissy says, Casey Atheist, you're missing out. You got to read the books uh, or get the audiobooks. Mel, $10. Got to get back to work. Thank you. And thank you, Mel, for the welcome back Game of Thrones stream to discuss this amazing series as we're leading into the season eight, finally. She's a fucking Lannister. Of course she's royalty. She's a Lannister. In what in what world does the wolf judge the lion? Or does anyone judge the lion? What world? I'd love to see Cersei say a similar thing. Okay. So as we're starting to get to uh, the halfway point here about 
of this stream. I'm going to stick this. This stream will basically be about an hour, maybe a little bit, but I want to keep these shorter than some of our crazier streams. And I manipulated Johnny here without any warning, so I've, I'm conscious of spending too much of his time because I know he's doing another, another uh, broadcast later tonight. But uh, so let's get into a little bit of a recap of Cersei's story throughout the series and talk a little bit specifically about what she did throughout the throughout the series. So in season one, the first time we see Cersei is over the body of Lord Aaron at the with uh, his burial where he's got the weird eyes on. And she's talking to Jamie and her twin brother discussed the situation. And I think it's interesting here looking back at all of this because if you can look back on season one with the knowledge of all the seasons, especially with the Lies and Littlefinger reveal, do you do you going back on season one, because I know you recently did something as well uh, that I don't want to talk too much about, uh, that maybe look back on some season one stuff. Do you look back on the Lannisters in season one any differently knowing that Littlefinger set a lot of this shit into motion? That's a really good question. Uh, with Littlefinger behind it, that's a really good question. I thought it was going to be no simple compared to Lannisters from like then to now. Yeah. Is that with Littlefinger behind it, it like it kind of shows like we all respect Tywin and how he plays the game. Like it kind of shows he's not up at the top level when it comes to that. Do you know what I mean? And we talk about the Red Wedding, how he orchestrated that, like, and then Littlefinger is actually playing him. Like, did Tywin, like, there's no way Tywin knew because no, Littlefinger no. would be dead. No, Littlefinger, Littlefinger, Littlefinger went to Liza, started this whole process, and really manipulated both sides into war to do what he wanted. He outmaneuvered Varys, he outmaneuvered everybody. Maybe because no one saw him coming, but it's not, it's not, it's, Hard to discuss any of the early season stuff of Game of Thrones without giving Littlefinger a ton of fucking credit for pushing all of this shit into motion. And maybe some of it he surfed his own way, but definitely the initial. I know ultimately Jamie still pushed Bran before someone says it. He still pushed Bran out the tower. That still happened, okay? And that tension. But they never would have been in Winterfell if Littlefinger didn't. Uh, the, the, the ear bone connects to the side bone. But they never would have been up in Winterfell getting a new, asking Ned to become Hand of the King and being on display in the tower that Bran shouldn't have been walking in. That fucking pervert. Fucking pervert. Uh, anyways, I, he, what a man does with his sisters is his own business. And so is Toyin overrated, Phil? No, I think, I think little, no, no. I think Littlefinger was underrated at the time. No one saw Littlefinger coming. He came at it from an angle no one could see. Going to the wife, having that in from childhood with the Starks, using his attraction for Cat and that tactic against Liza was excellent playing and something you can't predict for because it comes from nowhere. It comes from it comes from just happenstance, like you're friends with a guy that becomes a Hollywood superstar and he puts you in his movies. You can't control that shit. Littlefinger woke up with a huge advantage in that situation and it went with what he wanted to do. He knew he had an in with Liza, so all he needed to do was manipulate her, then kill John Aaron, and all those dominoes could start to fall. I think some of it is happenstance and luck and a natural hatred between Jamie and or between Ned and Jamie and and Stark and Lannister Lannister douchebaggery and Stark stoicness problems reacting, so it's not tough to push that into action. I don't think 
they expected Ned to get killed the way Ned got killed. I, I think certain things went different ways than Littlefinger expected necessarily, but I also think most of what happened is we got to blame on we got to give Littlefinger some some uh, credit here. So like that, like they are great points, like because uh, I I personally like Tywin. Like I know that might sound crazy. I no, respect the hell out yeah. of Tywin and Jamie too. We know the brand thing. Uh, can we just usher by that? I I love them too. Well, no, I love Jamie. I like I respect Tywin, but I love Jamie. If that makes sense. But uh, your points on Littlefinger. What if Bran never caught them two having sex in the tower? Would you say Littlefinger's plan would have been, well, when Ned Stark comes down here to King's Landing, I'll poison him like I did John Aaron, and then blame on the Lannisters, like kind of leave trail so that's how they go at each other. Like, how would that work out if that didn't happen with Bran? John, Johnny, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put pause on that. Write that shit down. Get a piece of paper. Write that down. You and I will do another video on this channel about that subject. Because I th- I think I think that would be, I think that would be a fun thing to talk about and explore, but but uh, we will get so off tangent of Cersei right now. So that's true. <laughs> okay, so back at the back, at, but write that shit down so we don't forget that crap. Crap. In all fairness, anyone who knew Littlefinger and knew how he felt about Cat and the things that happened when they were kids could have assumed Littlefinger would eventually use this to advantage. This is one of those things that I don't that that in the. Sh- God, I hate being this person. In the show, Littlefinger's a little bit more obvious. In the book, he's such a nice guy that everyone can trust. No one thinks that sort of shit about Littlefinger, at least in my imagination of how I read him. I, I read him as a very friendly guy in that situation, and and uh, in the in the show, he's very. You see him, and you're like, that guy's a manipulator. That's one of the things that I like the performance of the show, but he's very uh, silly. But Johnny and I are going to talk about that on a later date. The nobles didn't see him coming. The houses had grudges and traditions. Littlefinger is just a worm copper counter to them. Okay, so Cersei, Jaime, uh, they eventually reunite. Uh, well, okay, so they go. Uh, the next time we see them is at Winterfell, and we see that her and Ed- Ned have kind of a cold relationship. I love when Cersei first shows up at Winterfell, Johnny, and she's just so like disgusted by the whole thing, and she brings Sansa into the ro- Sansa into the room, and it's like, "Do you bleed?" <laughs> and and uh, they we have Catelyn and Cersei's interaction, and eventually. Edward and Robert go hunting, leave the castle empty. Cersei and Jamie uh, go have sex in the tower. Bran climbs up there and sees them have sex, where Jamie is like, he saw, he saw, and ultimately force, forces or influences Jamie to do something about it and kill him or or just basically Cersei tells Jamie to kill him in the situation. People can blame this on Jamie and say Jamie did the action or thought on himself, but I always interpret the situation as Cersei says, he saw, and she says it again. He saw everything, meaning you need to kill him right now. And Jamie says, I know, I know, I know. I'm just going to kill him. And walks over well, and, and says... Didn't she say he's just a boy, Phil? He said he's just a boy. Ooh. He goes, he's just a boy. How old are you? And he goes, six. Ah, uh, the things I do for love. So in my mind, maybe as a Jamie Lannister apologist, I read that as she ordered him to push him out. But, you know. Whatever. I'm an apologist. Hate away. Feel free to flame me in the comment section. Jamie did it, you asshole. Jamie, Jamie pushed him out on his own. Cersei just wanted him to shut him up. No, no. The Cersei wanted him dead. Pushed him the fuck out. It does make sense because she already had our play in mind to be like, okay, I'm going to get really close with Cat while I'm up here so we are not suspicious. Like, she was already in mode to play the next step, you know, reacting to it. There was no real, oh, we did that. It was kind of like straight into the next move. I'm going to talk to Kat about how I lost the baby with Robert. So she gets on side with me and it pushes me away from suspicion. You know, like the guilt. There was no real guilt shown. So 
I'll go with that. And yeah. I'll take a sip of me tea for your chat request. It's tea on the weekend. It'll be beard oil. There's the show. Perfect. Nine says Littlefinger planned on Ned being killed to get his hands on Sansa. I think he suggested the Joffrey situation. We have uh, Tywin was a brilliant general and politician. He was also insanely good at reading the winds of war, if you will, and positioning himself to come out on top. I agree with that, especially. Hashtag Cersei did nothing wrong. Hashtag Cersei and Jamie did nothing wrong. Hashtag uh, crazy. Hashtag gave Jamie, gave Bran his powers. It was a gift. Jamie gave him a gift. He got first. He got a gift of a show. Then he got a gift of extra powers. It was. It was all. It was all just a present that the Lannisters bestowed onto the young wolf. It was. It was amazing. It was amazing. All to stop eventually to help stop the Night King. It's all connected, and it's all thanks to Jamie and Cersei. So it's all. Now that makes sense. Let's all thank J- Killmonger in the live chat. Casey Atheist. Uh, great to see everyone. It, Travis. All of you guys are fucking amazing. I, I'm apologist to all those Cersei. Okay. So then after that. Um, Bran later at breakfast, Tyrion tells his family that Bran is expected to live and his siblings are guarded. And yeah, we see that Cersei and Jamie are like, oh shit. And I love that scene where Tyrion pushes him. We see, uh, we later in the season and ultimately ends with, I mean, we can talk about every single point of her in the season, but I think the big highlight point of the season is at the end where she has that line in the game of Thrones, you win or you die when Ned Stark makes the biggest mistake of his life. There's a lot of mistakes that Ned Stark makes, but the dumbest one he makes is when he comes to Cersei and expects her to help save her before the night before he tells Robert about what happened. My question to you was her plan already in the works to kill Robert on that hunt or did Ned cause Robert's death in that moment Johnny I know it's I a- would give I would give seriously no I'd give seriously the full credit for that because uh, she plays to win she just told Ned about you win or you die and then Robert dies and then essentially Ned dies but seriously was kind of she was kind of steadfast on killing Ned yeah I don't Joffrey think- who just was over yeah, I, that shit. I agree. I don't think she wanted to kill Ned. And I think she wanted Ned to either go to the wall, uh, be a prisoner, to laugh eventually, or eventually send him back home to Winterfell. But I think ultimately lend him, send him to the wall to be with his bastard son. He would have been okay. She would have been okay with that outcome to the situation. She wanted him dishonored. I don't think she wanted him killed. I, I don't think she wanted that war at that point. And she did have that chat with uh, Joffrey. Remember when she says, and what would you do about the Northmen? Yep. And then she was telling about winter's coming. So it's like she was prepping him for her plan. Like, really? When you look at that foresight, it's like she was prepping for this anyway. And she was telling, but she was telling Joffrey, don't fuck with the North when winter is coming. So that shows that with the Ned shit, she really didn't want that. Like, because she's telling Joffrey, don't fuck around there. And we're talking about, when I talk about tactics that Tyrion has an advantage on her, I mean the Game of Thrones, like how to play the con game and the talking game and the manipulation of people game. I truly believe from her relationship with Robert and the scene that we got in season one when she's discussing tactics with Robert and how he says, you sound exactly like your father. It's a funny trick that you do when you open your mouth and your father's voice comes out. And also how she advises Joffrey eventually. I think war tactics and that kind of stuff is something that Cersei probably could be good at as like general general thinking, as, again, as an advisor to Joffrey, or if Robert had been actually in more war times and had been more open to listening to her be a mouthpiece for Tywin, in a sense, I think she knows how to reiterate. She's listened to Tywin. She's been at that things, and she's not a, an idiot. 
She's just not as smart and good. She's like that person that's good at one thing, but they won't stop trying everything because they want to be good at everything. You know, I know, I you know, I can do this one thing. Okay, I wanna, no, 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 no. I'm gonna. I play rock music really well. No, I'm gonna play a ballad. I have to write an emotional song. No, write fucking heavy music. Shut the fuck up. Keep your emotional songs to your home recordings. I don't want to hear that crap. You know, do what you do well, asshole. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, occasionally test yourself. Yay, yay, good. But as a fan, I don't, I don't care about that. Do that on your own. Do that on your yeah. own dollar, asshole. I don't want you to do that in a live <laughs> show that I pay fucking top dollar to go to a show. I don't want to see that crap song that you're working on. I want to hear the fucking hit, motherfucker. And the B-side, yeah, awesome. Keep, keep that Elton John stuff for Saturdays when you're in the shower. But yeah. right now we need... We need some ACDC, please. Yeah, yeah. Let's rock this shit up. I don't want to hear ACDC doing uh, power ballads. I just uh, if I'm going to an ACDC show, I don't hear want to see them do the the uh, exactly the uh, what's the Princess Diana song? Uh, Candle in the wind. I don't want to see ACDC covering Candle in the wind. Actually, that would be rough. that'd be fucking <laughs> like crazy. a septum in the wind, burning all your day. I don't know the rest of that song. I don't want to get Phil copyrighted as well with my uh, crow-like voice. But I agree with that. Um, it's a great point on Cersei. You're saying being second in command because uh, how apathetic she could be, that could play to the advantage. I yeah. agree 100 with that. Sansa plays the part telling Ned's plans to leave King's Landing. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to get that, get into that when we talk about Sansa as I'm going to be doing this for every character that's still left on Game of Thrones. We have a list. We spun the wheel at the end of last season to pick our order, and Cersei is our first. And uh, you said heavy ACDC. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Phil. Killing everyone who isn't our isn't us is our enemy, Cersei Lannister. So Cersei persuades Sansa to write a letter asking her brother Robert to bend the knee in Joffrey's return of her father's life after Ned eventually is cap- captured after uh, he tries to tries to do we all know what happened but ned ned acts like an idiot and brings the letter that robert wrote and he's ultimately taken into chains there and put into the dungeons of king's landing and ultimately taken out as joffrey agrees to spare his life but in the moment cuts his head off and and that's pretty much the end of cersei at the end of the se- end of the season i mean there's not much else to say with her from season one she Kill, she ultimately is responsible for killing Robert, and she is responsible for Ned's death and a lot of shit happening. She's the Clapton of the show with her kid falling out the window, and she writes corny music or country, te- country music. Tears in heaven. If I talked like this guy, I'd get a lot more pussy. Great accent, Johnny. So, uh, season two, Cersei is to govern from King's Landing as the queen of the regent to Joffrey. She's driven to defend Joffrey's claims on several challenges of the War of the Five Kings. And, uh... Stannis sends copies of letters talking about how Cersei's incestuous relationship. I mean, we could go through every point of season two, but ultimately the season two arc leads to her in uh, gets a lot of really cool stuff with her in Tyrion. Season two is when Tyrion's in King's Landing, right? As uh, as Hand of the King, right? Yeah, and it's a lot of fun stuff. And uh, with her and Joffrey and her getting undermined by Joffrey, Marcella being sent off, and we start to see one of her moments. I love her and Tyrion. Do you think... No. There's no way her and Tyrion ever could have a normal relationship. Right, Johnny? She she fucking hates that little d- motherfucker and she'll never forgive him for what he did to her mother. That's kind of like asking the Cardassians to go back to having a normal life and not being fame horse. It's impossible. <laughs> it's too far gone. Too much has happened. And it's been publicized uh, around the realm, so to speak. So, yeah, that that is broken. And 
you like that's an interesting point to say about season two. Like personally, this is just a personal opinion. I think what I'd, I'd give her arc credit for would be like how she ended her arc in that season, which was how far she will go yeah. to sacrifice herself. Like crazy. No, that's and that's the important thing. I mean, we have her and Lancel's relationship as Jamie's not there kicking in. We also have her. Uh, basically taking the balls off of Joffrey in the Battle of the Blackwater when Joffrey wanted to march out there and fi- or could have been talked into going to the battlefield to lead his men, but instead, uh, instead, Cersei decides to call- to have Lancel beg Joffrey to come back in, where Joffrey's somewhere hiding. But it's interesting that she's only going to kill Tommen. She's not gonna she's not gonna murder Joffrey too. She uh, she's sitting there huddled in. But I agree, it's the lengths that she'll go to protect her kids, and she ultimately at the end of it all Tywin saves the day and she has a public ceremony uh, rewarding everyone that was responsible for that Tywin is recognized as Hand of the King and Peter Baelish Lord of Harrenhal for breaking an alliance with Hearts Tyrell and season 3 is season 3 with her is basically her dealing with the beginning of the of the of of Marjorie right so we get a lot of yeah, her, the yeah, jealous arc in jealous arc, which leads into the Valenquar thing that we've heard, or the the Maggie the Frog thing, excuse me, where she is she is thinking that a younger queen is going to be taking her crown and uh, pushing her out of there. Uh, Bacterian rocks, Johnny. I hate the Cardassians. Can we offer them to the Red Gods? We can burn them, burn them all. Uh, make Jin great again. Marcella is sent away in season two. Yep, we see her freaking out in season two. M- great to see Mara in the live chat right now and see <laughs> Cersei is better than Gemma on uh, SOA on Sons of Anarchy. I agree. She's I uh, from the show Sons of Anarchy is what who Killmonger is talking about. Uh, Katie Seagal's character from that show. I like the Boltons more than the Cardassians except Michael Bolton. That's true evil. Says <laughs> Johnny in the live chat okay so Tyrion told their father what Cersei has done and what he was angered but Cersei notes that the servant girl never stole the neck okay so yeah season three is when Tyrion and Cersei get into even more their battle just keeps going back and forth and Tyrion's trying to balance his relationship with Shay and she starts killing uh prostitutes and stuff thinking that it might be Shay and uh then she ultimately gets dismissed by Joffrey here, and Joffrey starts taking Marjorie's side through all of this. And this is when Tywin tries to get <laughs> Cersei to marry uh, the Iron Fist there. <laughs> and, uh, and she does not react well to this. And she pulls a fucking hissy fit and freaks out and says she's Queen Regent, and no, she's not. And she gets put in her place. What do you think Cersei would have done if Tywin hadn't died and she was forced to marry Loras? Do you think Loras would have been killed? Oh, I think his iron fist would have been stuck somewhere else. <laughs> so that would not have been pulled out. And maybe that would have made him for a better series than Iron Fist, to be honest. You would have had characters with context and depth. Ooh, shade. I would have liked But for that. real, uh, <laughs> No, I think she would have killing Loras. She would have found a way to kill him, get him killed by the mountain, get killed by one of her soldiers, or accidentally fall off a cliff. <laughs> and Cersei is present at the meeting when uh, they find out that Tyrion learns of Rob and Caitlyn's death. Joffrey comments that he wants to present Rob's head to Sansa. Cersei brushes it off as a joke. Now, Cersei in this season, we can start to see that because it's probably the highlight of the craziest Joffrey we see. Season 2 has some crazy Joffrey, but Season 3, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I watched it, has crazy 
Joffrey do at his worst, like wanting to wanting to completely fuck with Sansa, wanting to give people's heads to people, shooting prostitutes, having a lot of fun. And uh, we start to see how Cersei is freaked out a little bit by uh, by Joffrey's brutality. Like she she doesn't know where that came from. And I think there is a moment even where she talks to Tyrion when she has one of those few connecting moments with Tyrion where he's like, she's like, yeah, the incest did it. And I fucked him up like the Targaryens. And Tyrion's like, no, but you have, uh, but Marcella and, and Tommen are normal. So uh, two out of three, two out of three. Uh, great. It still counts. Yeah, it still counts. Later, Cersei versus Tyrion and really dismiss Podrick. Uh, she tells Tyrion that he should give Sansa a son as Tyrion has married Sansa at this point. Jaime returns at the end and she immediately goes to Cersei's chamber and she is freaked. She calls him basically a freak and tells him to get the fuck away from her. Uh, season four, it introduces Cersei to Kyburn because Kyburn comes through Jamie, and we start to get into a different Cersei. Through this season, Joffrey gets killed. Cersei goes on the attack. This is when Cersei starts to lose it, and on the show when the break happens. And I love Cersei in season four, being against Tyrion and everything we get with her trying to manipulate the trial. And we start to see Cersei's battle against the the. Uh, against Marjorie going to high gear because at the end of the season, Tommen, after Joffrey's dead, they immediately go after Tommen and Tywin has control of Tommen instead of instead of Cersei. And uh, then at Tywin, Tyrion's trial. So, I mean, ultimately, the end of that, Cersei gets what she wants and sees that the Red Viper gets killed and Tyrion's going to die and she's happy, happy, happy. But nope, 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 nope. Uh, Tyrion is broken out by Jaime and kills Tywin at the end of the season. We also have some shit with Tyrion, with her and Jaime's relationship going throughout season four of her getting over the fact of the fist and them having sex in weird, uh, awkward ways throughout the season. Anything specific else you got to say about Cersei in season four, Johnny? Well, like that would make an interesting series alone. That arc in season four, wouldn't it be like, the sex lives, the adventures of Jamie and Cersei, like, and just our sex lives. Like, let's do it. Let's do it on our son's uh, hearse. I don't think we can top that for sick shit, brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's where'd you go from there? I think the arc in season four is based around, if, I, if I'd call season three jealousy, I, I was like, would this be jealousy again? Sorry, I was playing porn music for the, uh, for the Jamie and Cersei. Uh... I can change my voice. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Want to fuck on our son's little funeral casket over here? And Hannibal says, to be clear, Jamie and Varys broke him up. Very fair. Jamie and Varys broke him up. Kyburn freaks me out. I like how she told Pizel at the wedding what a piece of shit he is. Yeah, we get a lot of her attacking Pizel and that stuff. Joffrey's corpse really got Jamie going. He started hearing this music in his hair. <laughs> He's like, yeah, my dead son. Let's make another baby. Oh, Phil, you are fucked in the head. I love it. <laughs> I approach liking characters like a Viking. I don't mind if they die as long as it's a fitting character, AK. Don't pull a back blackfish or a sort of sell, sell me. I think sell me at concept it was all right, but it just didn't, it wasn't filmed well enough. He should have been fighting for a lot longer and there should have been a lot more people surrounding him for him to die like that. Like he should have, it should have been a 20 minute scene of like they go away from him for a while and they come back to him just to make it seem like even longer of him just killing those assholes until they just overwhelmed him because he's an old man and they eventually, or eventually two hours. And then they show a graphic at the bottom, two hours and 55 minutes later, Selmy finally gets conquered by those losers. 
shooters that were just people on the street picking up weapons non-trained in some cases but no like 10 of them can kill them kill the best swordsman of all time or whatever well, if you can split The Hobbit into a trilogy, I'm pretty sure you could do the same with Barristan and Selmy and that fight scene. Yeah, I, I agree. It should have lasted like three episodes, Johnny. Like he was just stuck somewhere fighting. Hope you're not serious. I'm uh, reacting to porn music. Uh, okay, no, sorry. Uh, so uh, I'm approaching uh, Kyburn and the White Hand. Yeah, no, no worries about that. I, I'm fully okay with that kind of stuff, uh, Sam. So uh, lots of love to uh, let Helen do what she does in the live chat. So uh, escorted by Sir Merrin and, and Joffrey, season five, we walk into the Great Sept of Baelor for Tywin's funeral and surrounded by numerous lords. I block out a lot of season five about what happened, but in season five, but I do know that Cersei summons Jamie to show him that Marcel is in danger, in danger to have to go down to Dorne, and then later, two months later, Cersei brings the head of the dwarf. We see Kyburn in his lab, uh, building the Franken Mountain, and all of that happening. We see Cersei trying to take over King's Landing and whispering in, in Tommen's ears, and this is where she just kind of gets keeps getting shut out, right? And and she, and this is where Marjorie keeps getting more and more attention, and Cersei's getting pushed more and more to the back as she starts to be pushed to a point, as we always say with Cersei, where she's pushed to an edge, and then she makes stupid mistakes, Johnny. And this ultimately leads to what? It leads to her talking to the High Sparrow. Why don't you talk a little bit about Jamie, about Cersei's interaction with the High Sparrow at first, if you remember? Well, it proves it all really about like the people. The people have the power. I kind of like the High Sparrow because uh, for his opening, but he kind of dragged on with Cersei. I kind of miss Joffrey first and foremost. The High Sparrow made me miss Joffrey as a villain in King's Landing. But with the High Sparrow, she played into his hands. See, I can only remember the High Sparrow scenes with Olenna because I think I made tea every time he spoke because it's yeah. like this dude is just going to speak about how awesome he is and humble he is. And the people are going to roy the same shit to everybody. And I, and I guess conversation with Jamie was good, though. Yeah, and I guess this, the, the importance of all of this is that Cersei writes a check her balls can't cash, ultimately. She meets with Littlefinger, <laughs> feigns ignorance about Loris' arrest, and seems unconcerned about the repercussions that might happen. And eventually this all leads back to... Uh, eventually this all leads back to... I mean, there's a lot more. We're kind of glazing over some of the highlight points of what happens scene from scene. Uh, but ultimately, she... She gets captured at the end of all of this, and and uh, by the high sparrow, high sparrow, and uh, later Cersei's brought before the high sparrow to confess her sins. She confesses of adultery with Sir Lancel, but denies her incestuous relationship with her brother Jamie. And a lot of this is heavy-handed. I didn't love a lot of the lead-up to all of this, but I thought it did have a good payoff. But and, wasn't it Cersei's arrogance though, Phil? You know, just to go into it a little bit. Wasn't it her arrogance to be like, no consequences shall happen to me? That's what got her in that yeah, mess to begin yeah. with. She's like, she'd made an entity. She 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 was like, you will not bother me. You know, that's arrogance right there. Tommen is the worst character in the show. But Phil, would you really say Cersei is a female Johnny Lawrence now? No, do we know the snake and the mama? Snake are dead, by the way. Uh, and Joffrey would have killed that religion in the first episode. Yeah, he would have. He would have killed them right away, murdered them, murdered them all. Instead, she decides to use them and makes a plan that doesn't work for her. She's ultimately brought naked, head shaved, and she has to walk to the Sept, which is a really well done scene, shot well, and and she acts amazing in it. And it's a big buildup through all of season five. But I must admit, a lot of season five with her storyline, with a lot of it, left a little bit to 
to, to be desired. I didn't I didn't love it at, like I didn't love a lot of season five, if I'm being honest. But I did like the conclusion of the Cersei arc with once she got captured. I just thought it was a lot of build up for it, if I remember correctly. It was shite, Phil. It's okay to say. Season five was shite. It was fucking... Do you remember in the books how manipulative she was when uh, they wanted the like she wanted to make amends for killing the Red Viper? So she sent a big skull saying that's the mountain skull and it's not. So she's still even twerking shit like she's a manipulative little fucker. <laughs> so season six, Cersei's back and uh, she returns and uh, Jamie returns excited to meet her. But her worst fears are realized when she sees that Jamie is standing alone on the boat with Marcella dead. Later, Cersei is confronted by Jamie in her quarters. Cersei finally admits to Jamie that she believes her children's death truly are her destiny according to Margie prophecy and Joffrey and Marcella are gone and the only one left is Tommen. Jamie scoffs it off and Jamie they're gonna get a revenge for all their villain enemies and stuff and then she orders Kyburn to all spies in Westeros to prevent any other great houses from benefiting from the Lannisters to disgrace Jamie and Sir Gregor the council meets and a few days later Jamie goes to speak to Tommen only to find that he's already being counseled by Pizel despite Grandmaster's claim that he's simply to offer wisdom to the king. Okay so Cersei it this is deals with the end of the whole situation with her revenge and the High Sparrow and all of this. We talked about this earlier, but is there much to talk about the Cersei storyline in season six without just talking about the end here? Because this leads to her basically blowing up the Sept and blowing up all her enemies because it's the only thing to do. She sends Jaime away and she destroy after Tommen kills himself. Uh, because he's an idiot. <laughs> or no, Tom and no, Tom and kills himself afterwards. Excuse me. Uh, Marjorie's at the set. He's agreed for her. Her release is all set up. And Cersei gets all her enemies in one place and she blows them up. Do you think Cersei, as crazy as this sounds to be a question, Johnny, do you think Cersei made the right decision here <laughs> uh, to blow up this shit? Or she should have handled this a little bit more with a scalpel and had the mountain just go in there and kill all basically every single one of those fuckers and not blow up a lot of innocent lives. I mean, basically, what are your opinions of Cersei's season six arc, just in general? Just in general, yeah. She like It goes again to season two when you talk about sacrifice, except this time she wasn't sacrificing herself. Like, it was the other people. How much she would sacrifice to get her way. Tommen, like, everybody was dropped and gone. Uh, oh, no, Tommen was after. Sorry, yeah. See, that's how important Tommen is. Me and Phil uh, is messing up his timeline. Yeah, I don't, give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck about Tommen. Yeah, he de- he uh, jumped out the window because uh, Marjorie was dead. I believe I can fly. But no, you can't. I uh, believe I can. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, on that, uh, I think she was backed into a corner, man. Uh, in her mind, she was protecting her son again. Like, you can say, was it true evil? But then again, true evil is just being evil without a motive. Uh, Cersei's motive was she didn't think Marjorie was good for Tommen and uh, the religious dude like fucked Cersei up and he thought he's going to be manipulated by them I'm not having that because yeah. he's mine so like her motives aren't evil she's completely wrong <laughs> like there's no moral core for that but it's not like pure evil in my opinion and I think she had no choice like she had no other choice like if she sends the mountain in one or two of them escape they will tell the story of what happened if she blows it all up Nobody gets away and nobody can say what happened. She gets to twist the truth as she wishes from here. No, but fair fair point. I, I just, I worry about the long-term ramifications of what that says about House Lannister and the future of House Lannister because of doing that. But I agree there. She, she needed to kill them all. They needed to all die. 
<laughs> and uh, and maybe not Marjorie, but whatever. They were still maybe not the Tyrells, but the Sep definitely all needed to die. Uh, Killmonger says, I agree with Cersei in season six. She was tired of everyone's bullshit. Kyburn uh, and built the Infinity Gauntlet for Cersei. He should have taken climbing lessons from Bran. I think uh, burning the Sept was justified. She tried to save her son from a shitty cult. If he would have gotten some brains in his stupid head, then Marjorie would have still been alive. Says Sam about Tommen. I was so sad about this because stupid sparrows didn't let Marjorie live. Sam says, yeah, Johnny, that's a good point. Like she told Joffrey in season one, history is what you tell it. Cersei sacrificed Tommen in order to get the soul stone, says Piggy. <laughs> okay, you need, need to be someone she loved. And, uh, okay, so season seven followed her coronation, Cersei becoming queen uh, of everything, of, uh, of seven kingdoms, uh, four at best, as Jamie says. Uh, and they, this is where we connect to everyone's... Uh, can I even say this with a straight face, Johnny? Everyone's favorite pirate, television Euron Greyjoy. Army laddies, I want to eat your vagina. Arr. No. So, uh, so. <laughs> Arr, come to the Iron Islands. Be my queen while I eat your vagina. Ha! With my two Where's hands. Where's my nephews? Let's <laughs> kill them. Let's Great kill them. Arr. <laughs> Oh, stop. This is serious, Phil. This is serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> if people have made it this far in this stream, uh, Johnny, they, they, can, they, can de they can deal with a few jokes. Sam says, I love Euron. I I mean, he. I like it better uh, in theory than in practice, to be honest with you. And I'd like him better if Ragnar Lothbrook was playing him and, uh, and, and not this dude. But that's just my opinion. Uh, That's a great choice, actually. Yeah, yeah. Tra oh, Travis, Travis would be excellent in this role. Uh, I could just see him slinking along. I don't, and it's more about the guy that it just uh, twerks me wrong than necessarily the character in a lot of ways. I, I just I don't buy this guy as Euron Greyjoy. And uh, in my mind, he it's one of those things where I'm a little like, no, that's not Euron. <laughs> I get a Did little... Did you just say Euron and twerks, Phil? Yeah, twerks. both guy. That's what makes me twerk when someone urinates on... on... <laughs> oh, wait, wait. What are we talking about again? The Did... golden wedding, Cersei and Euron. Yeah, the That's golden... Good. Yeah, I, I do wear a golden crown sometimes. <laughs> a clown... Oh, wait, sorry. A clown for the king. Okay, so... <laughs> So the Dread Pirate Robert shows up to discuss a possible alliance with uh, with Cersei, and she declines his offer because he's not uh, to be trusted. But he's going to go get her a gift with both of his hands. Mahaha. And is this what he says to Jamie? Uh, Does she like her pussy lick? Nah, whatever he says to Jamie. He's just, it's whatever. So he's in the throne room of the Red Keep. Cersei gives a speech urging several of the normals from the Reach, including our favorite guy. You guys wanted to hear it. You wanted to have a rational reason to talk about him. We do, we do, and also amongst them are, of course, your hero, my hero, the hero of many that I, I'm stalling because I can't get to it, are the best, <laughs> the beautiful. Dickon, Dickon, Dickon. And Dickon's in there. Dickon, Dickon. And she starts pushing Jamie in a lot of ways. Cersei gives a speech and... Urging several of the normals for the reach, including Randall Tarly, to reform their alliance to the Iron Throne because now Daenerys is coming into play here. And later, Kyburn tells Cersei she has a dra he has a dragon weapon. Uh, Euron returns to the capital with Alara and Tyene. Uh, 
bad pussy sand who uh, who poisoned the guards and Marcellus. Cersei has them both chained and we get a really awesome scene of Cersei torturing them. And we also in I believe this season or last season got Cersei torturing uh, the shame uh, the shame sister which was very fun to watch as well and we start to see Cersei become more and more inspired by Joffrey do you think there's some part of her there that's uh, thinking WWJD what would Joffrey do in these situations Johnny and uh, and going going full out or she probably doesn't think about things that way she probably just acts on emotion well Joffrey definitely got them from whore so we're kind of seeing what Joffrey would do if he grew old because Cersei definitely does have a bigger set of balls on him so it's like what you're seeing from Cersei now is uh, it's Joffrey uh, by 200, you know yeah. what I mean? Joffrey's the baby, literally, compared to Cersei, the mother. Do you know what I mean? So Cersei just, if Cersei has the Infinity Gauntlet from season six, well, then she is definitely marveling you know what i'm saying no no i don't know what you're saying what did you say john you say did you say marveling <laughs> i'm I here all week at troy de Ville. i hear it's quite nice around this time <laughs> and can the show save euron's character i don't think so paul uh, not for me anyways uh maybe i mean if he has a if he has a couple of good action but he's one of those ones i hope dies very soon into like an early battle in season eight like episode one or two gets killed by fucking dragons or some shit like like i i, I would not mind or somebody or some or or theon like theon cuts his neck or something like i i would be perfectly okay with a very quick and swift end to euron uh, i'd be i'd be perfectly fine with that uh, and yes, congratulations to Sam, who's officially a lawyer. And Hannibal correcting me on that is not, uh, it's a finger up the bum that he was saying. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Euron cutting out Yara's tongue would be cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that either. It's just, oh, always be one of those things. Sometimes you get television Stockholm syndrome with an actor playing a character role where eventually you just go, okay, I like the character. I like the show enough. I'm going to have to forgive this if I want to enjoy it. Some shows give you that kind of feeling. And I might get to that point with Euron where I get television Stockholm syndrome with the actor because he might do something that I find cool, but I highly doubt it. I think I think that sh that ship has sailed for me, Johnny. I'm not going to even play that. Oh. Wait. Yeah, give yourself a drum yeah, roll. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go, there we go. Uh, yeah. She has nothing about love. Joffrey was an actual psychopath. He was incapable of empathy. Cersei loves people. In fact, she probably loved people too much, making her pain a greater loss. And I think I I could agree with you about show Cersei about that bloody talker before the break. But the person we have here leading into season eight after these events of season seven, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure how much or who, if anybody she cares about right now. And especially when Jamie betrays her at the end, as we'll get to here in a minute. As Travis says, Cersei's an idiot. And uh, Lil says, Joffrey was more of a psychopath. Magically Delicious says, how many bad guys and girls get eaten by a dragon this season? I hope a lot, mother. I hope uh, Drogon, uh, especially that that really pesky uh, dire wolf. No, I'm kidding, Johnny. Don't even know. I want them to team up. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, really what I want to see is, uh, is at this point, I've talked about this before. If we're getting this television show end, I don't want it to be silly to the point of ridiculous. But at this point, I want to see John riding on the back of a dragon with ghost there too. With like ghost on that back. And then John falls off and ghost is riding the dragon while Bran wargs into a ghost or something like that. Riding the dragon on top or something. Or we get some real, I wouldn't mind seeing ghost working with the dragon dragons in this final season about time we have direwolves and dragons on the screen at the same time in a fight together that would be fucking amazing so. well phil i'm not on the same bandwagon as you <laughs> but hey 
if you're on it, well done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if you're if you're on it, that I like. Uh, cheap. Yeah, that <laughs> I can't good. stop. Hey, dude, dude. It's, hey, we've been on for we've been on for a long time, and then we really need to taste the veal. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, we're, we're done. Yeah. We'll, we'll be back next week. So uh, Euron returns to the capital with Alara, and uh, Cersei gets to have her sweet revenge. Then uh, Bernadette revives and offers the subject of Jamie, telling Cersei that uh, oh, that the Iron Bank. Okay, then we get the whole thing with the Iron Bank. She's able to pay the Iron Bank back when, uh, or but the money gets. Oh no, she is able to. It's a little weird. She is able to pay the Iron Bank back, and she's going to ultimately get soldiers from what looks like the Golden Company in season eight, leading out to that. So after the sack of Highgarden, Cersei meets with, uh, meets with, oh, the dude, yeah, in the huge map of Westeros. He's pleased that Cersei will use the capture gold to pay off the Iron Throne. Specifically, she reveals that she has Kyburn make an overture to hire the best and large private mercenary army in all the free cities, the Golden Company. Jaime returns to King's Landing to inform Cersei of their defeat, uh, to Daenerys he flatly insists that the Lannisters have no chance at defeating Daenerys and Cersei were able to buy the mercenaries to replace them it doesn't really matter so all this is counterbalanced with what's happening in the north and they want to come down to King's Landing for this big meeting that they have they have the big meeting Cersei's made aware of the dead rising and we have this big whole situation with her and Tyrion talking and him trying to relate to her she agrees to support this fight because it doesn't matter any other battle doesn't matter uh, this is the battle that happens but this isn't really her plan she thinks everyone's going to be distracted and she's going to have Euron kill people for her. And I forget I forget exactly. Again, it's been a while since I've watched this season. But she has Euron set this plan where he leaves. And then he really is leaving to attack forces of uh, uh, her enemy's forces. And sh- Jamie finds out about this. And he pieces the fuck out of there. And that is pretty much the end of Cersei's arc as we're leading into this final season. My question for you at, about season seven, Johnny, is... Is Cersei thinking ahead of the curve here by attacking her enemies while they're distracted and thinking that this is an enemy I cannot beat? Or is she not really taking this seriously? Well, she has to take it seriously because she saw the white, like, right there. That was the whole point. Like, it's not it's not a story or a telltale. The proof was right in front of them. I have a question. That storyline's different. Is seeing a dead body in front of you different than seeing White Walkers marching with giants and shit? Seeing one dead body? Maybe she's thinking it will never make it to King's Landing. Uh, Daenerys will stop them with their dragons. No problems. I don't know if she's underestimating the threat or if she's just thinking, I'm thinking ahead of the game because I'm going to attack them. Because I agree with what you're saying. She saw it with her own eyes. It's not like she's underestimating. She can't underestimate this problem, right? I think it's... Phil, the reason why she's doing that is because she saw Danieri, she saw the dragon. She like she's just seen all these things at once now. It's not just the white, like it's not just the white that she's seen. She's seen Danny, she's seen the dragon. It's it's a culmination of things. And I think she's looking at Danny going, You are the young, beautiful chick that's gonna usurp me. You have a big badass dragon. And she's she sees a zombie now. She's kind of like the reality of our world is kind of deteriorating before her, but she's so She's so snappy, and as Bloody Talker was saying, and you were saying earlier, now without our children, you're going to get full psychopath. So I think she was she was smiling for the sake of it, but behind all, yeah, she was like, I just want Danny dead. I don't care about my life. I want you dead. I want you dead. Anybody who fucked with me, I just want you dead. Let the zombies rule Westeros as long as you die first. That seems That's just like, it just annoys the crap out of me because, and it leads me to believe that her mind has snapped at this point in time on the series because... That's not how Tywin would play the situation. 
Tywin would play this game, get rid of the threat, and then backstab them afterwards when, you know, maybe may not commit quite as many forces and keep the lion's share, no pun intended there, of your of your forces away from there, and but help out as much as you can at to stop this problem because ultimately... You need to be alive to rule, and uh, you're not going to rule over this long night of winter. I And I think Hannibal's right. It's an underestimation more than anything else. I just don't think she thinks it's as big of a problem as, as it is, and she probably does think there is some, some uh, horn-swoggling horn going on here. Some, uh, mm. Sorry, I was, I was looking for a different word, but so, uh, some fucked-up shit going on, calling, uh, calling bullshit. <laughs> horn-swoggling. <laughs> Some hinky shit. Hinky shit. Okay. Hinky panky. Hinky pinky. So we're going to start to wrap things up. And the last thing we're going to quickly talk about here is basically what I asked Bloody Talker. And Johnny, what would be your best case scenario for a conclusion to Cersei's arc in season eight? And what would be probably one of your worst? Um, the worst would be if Euron kills her. Yeah. If Euron comes back with the Golden Company and then he's like, yeah, I paid them. As far as they know, that money was mine that I gave them. And then he just kills her. That would be the worst, one of the most obvious ways because they're both little backstabbers. So please don't do that. Um, the second one that I'd love would be, uh, I did a video two years back on it or something, was I would love if Cersei went back to Casterly Rock. She was like, this place is lost. I'm going back to the home ground. I'm just going to wait it out and I'd rather die in my own house if that's, like, if that's the case, so be it. And then I would have Tyrion because he knows the... The tunnels, uh, as we know, under Castle Rock. I would like him to lead a little group in under there, and then them two in a room having an awesome monologue with Tyrion, known like, uh, you know, you have to die. So he offers our last, last drink together, and he puts the choker in the drink, and uh, she drinks it, and uh, she dies, which means the the hands of her brother choke the Valencar would come true, and he kind of have a little awesome brotherly sisterly moment, but she still calls him a little cunt. And then roll roll the scene end. That that would be that would be pretty fucking awesome. I think I agree with you that the worst situation would be something to do with uh, Euron killing her, or something to do with the the, uh, the Golden Company, or or the bank foreclosing on something, and a simple death like that. I wouldn't mind seeing some pressure fall upon her, but I don't want to see that to be her untimely end. I think the worst end would be something quickly simple, like Euron says, "You don't want to marry me? Fuck you!" and stabs her. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> done, done. Done. Deal. It's over. Uh, but I think I don't think that's gonna happen. I think for me, I have a similar kind of thing, but but because of my binkiness of Jamie Lannister and everything she's put him through, it's hard for me to not hope that the person that finally closes the door on her is Jamie. I don't know how. I don't know if it's gonna be betraying her and have her be like, "I need you," and him being like, "Not today, sister," or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't know how to not make it cheesy. Excuse me, I'm not George R. R. Martin, and I'm not writing this TV show right now. Uh, but I want to see them. I want to see Jamie get that moment. I want to see her be out of control and Jamie have to stop her, and see some sort of conclusion like like there, where maybe he even has to sacrifice himself to do it. But I don't. I don't want to see Jamie die. But well, but I'll get more into that in my uh, Jamie one. But I wouldn't mind seeing Tyrion do it as well. That wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset with your end. Let's get a couple more comments in the live chat before we call this a stream. Lil says she doesn't care. She will be the queen of the ashes, says Lil. Bloody says, what if Dario comes to Westeros with the Golden Company and ends up getting the Golden Company to betray Cersei? That might be somewhat interesting, but again, that would go down in my uh, lower end of hopes. I think Cersei's story in Game of Thrones is, all, is pretty personal, so I think 
and I, it's just my belief that the Valenquire thing is real on the show. We just haven't been told it so that the audience that doesn't read the books would be surprised with Jamie or Tyrion doing it. Uh, or some people have suggested the Arya thing and I wouldn't, I could see a way of that being cool too, because she is on Arya's list. And when you least expect it, Arya shows up in Jamie's face. Maybe Jamie dies and Arya takes his face and comes down and kills Cersei. I could see something like that happening as well. Um, and wouldn't that lead him with the Hound though? Like uh, you'd get an epic face off of the Hound and Arya storm like King's Landing and then you'd have the Mountain and Cersei like dude, you'd get a bit of a face off. You there. could get the uh, the Obi-Wan and Yoda going against the Emperor and Anakin thing where they're uh, they're both uh, setting up cuz we knew because people want to see and I think I think they've uh, we're going to get the we wouldn't have got the line that the Hound said to the Mountain at the end of season 7 with uh, your time is coming motherfucker. We wouldn't have got that if Kalgame Bowl isn't happening. So get fucking hype where it's happening. But uh, the so that would be a good way of bringing both of them as we get our reunion between Arya and the Hound, which I think a lot of people want to see. And uh, since since the show is a little bit more uh, uh, not fan fiction, but a little bit more fan satisfying with crap like that. And if it's if it can happen, it's going to happen on the show. So uh, that, that's that's pretty good, Johnny. I uh, like that. So let's go back into the chat a little bit. New romance, Dario and Cersei replacing uh, 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 Arene in the Master of the Pirate Ships. Possibly, possibly. She definitely snapped. I think the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and she wants them to kill each other off to stay and be the strongest in the end for survival. Because uh, she's got the eye of the lion that's going so strong. I'm a cheesy motherfucker, and it doesn't matter. Man, sorry, sorry, Johnny. Uh, I and that would be interesting. He's like, why did I agree to come on this podcast? Yes, Ghost is moonlighting on Westworld. Westworld's actually using uh, using direwolves more than Game of Thrones is. I always thought Danny was uh, spurning Dario, or spurning Dario would be dangerous eventually. Adrian says season seven was not the best. However, Cersei's was a bright spot. Tywin plays the long game. Cersei does not play the long game. The White Queen, maybe she, yeah, the White Queen thing where she might be, uh, might be wanting to make a deal with the White Walkers. Uh, I always thought Littlefinger was going to make a deal with the White Walkers at some point. Uh, so Dario and Cersei would be a cool possibility. Let's scroll down a little bit. Danny is going to die. Oh, living my rhapsodies in there. I'm late to this, but glad to be here. Short day at work, and I come to this. Yay! We are at the the back end of this, but if you want to get one last comment about why you love Cersei or hate Cersei Lannister as a comment, love to get it in on the show at the end here. Sam says, I'm going to be sad with any of these Lannister deaths. Someone says, I'm going to cry. Victorian shows up and kills them all. Paul, I would not mind that. If Ragnar Lothbrook shows up as Victorian and just kills kills everybody, <laughs> that would be a good end to the series. Okay, so Danny is going to die. But Johnny, before we wrap things up here, oh, we got, I just want to get a couple more comments here. M, I would like to see Cersei to give birth to a dwarf that looks like Tyrion just because fuck her. Helen says, uh, she'll trip over Sir Pounce and suffocate because she has to have wine. <laughs> No, it's shocking. Danny will die in childbirth, says Hannibal. Uh, welcome welcome to everyone that popped on in here today. Johnny, if people want to find more of you, where the hell can they find you, Johnny? Well, now that I'm not copyrighted again, uh, Johnny Indie Boots. I'm Johnny. I love indie music and I wear funky boots, as okay. I say. That's okay. It's not really a good way to name it out, is it? And uh, Phil, a humble cheers for having me on as well, homie. Muchos gracias says my poor Spanish teacher who's probably uh, <laughs> shitting our cacks right now if she could see me. Yes. And uh, one love to the chat as well. Y'all are absolutely awesome. And very fun uh, to talk about one of my 
favorite characters uh, <laughs> I know, and I, uh, thanks Phil <laughs> and I do have to say I appreciate Johnny showing up here at the last minute Joe and I were going to do this today but Joe like had a crazy night at work and still suffering some computer problems and I've been promising doing a Game of Thrones stream uh, relatively soon I wanted to kind of pop that cherry getting back into doing these things and we hope you guys enjoyed it please share your thoughts of Cersei in the comment section below or you can also pop and call a voicemail at 781-990-8509 anytime 24 hours a day seven days a week and I will play it on the next Game of Thrones stream that we do or on uh, what a Joe think podcast that Joe and I are doing this coming Friday and also tomorrow night I will be fulfilling one of our super chat donation requests from broke black man 94 and I will be reviewing Gotham tomorrow night probably around 10 o'clock so if you got anyone's interested in that stuff or if you're watching this later, you can click to the next video and you'll see that shit later. So and also, Phil, could I just say quick as well? We're doing a Westworld recap in about half an hour, 45 minutes, and we might have Phil on. I'm going to send him a link and obviously Phil might pop on and we'll see uh, if he's back from walking his lobster. As he likes yeah, to say. I do. I have to walk my lobster, do my hair and do all that sort of stuff. I might I might pop in depending on the time thing. I'll talk to you about that when we get off. Oh, we, we've been getting off this whole time. This has been like two hours of getting off. Ah, yeah. Wait, wait, let me play that music again, Johnny. I got to play that porn music again when we do this shit. Wait, I got I to gotta have it on cue. I got to I need I need like someone just to like click. Me. Ah. Okay, that's better now. Now, if uh, everyone in the live chat, Living says, uh, I want Cersei to have an amazing death. She's an amazing actress. They better give her an epic death. Uh, cheers to everyone. Thanks to Ian. Thanks to Smokahontas. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Sam. Thanks to Helen. Thanks to May Mara. Thanks to uh, Ian. Thanks to Killmonger. Uh, thanks to all of you fucking guys. I know Ian. He uh, broke finally got it on the... Uh, thanks to... Uh, we got Z in the live chat, too. I just saw you in there. To M, the Irish are the best storytellers, says M. Uh, Rich says, later Al great to see Al Red Sox fan great to see everyone and please keep this Cersei Lannister discussion going in the comment section if you're watching this later or if you're listening to the podcast of this on on iTunes or in any of other audio catchers you can always join our YouTube channel by subscribing fill the issues guy on YouTube and leaving a comment there or you can email me at I got issues man at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at I got issues man or also on Instagram at I got I got issues man and make sure if you're listening on iTunes, you give us some iTunes ratings and stuff to help promote the podcast or on Podbean. Check it out there. But if you haven't already, Johnny, and you like this video, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Johnny, it was really great talking to you. Sorry to keep you much longer. And I just wanted to say that. Johnny, I uh, I was talking to Johnny earlier today, just shooting the shit. He inv was inviting me on the Westworld stream in the future, anytime I can make it. And I uh, I didn't tell him I was going to invite him on the podcast. I just sort of sent him an invite and was like, we're on the air now, Johnny. Deal with it. <laughs> so uh, so awesome on the fly uh, work by Johnny. And uh, it was great to talk to him today. But if you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Share the channel with a friend. And make sure, like I said, you share your thoughts on Cersei Lannister, how you'd like to see her story end, how you would really hate to see her story end. And uh, next up for one of these character ones, we might do a couple together because there's some ones that will be shorter. I believe the next one on the list is Euron. So I think for Euron, it's probably going to be a pretty short one. We'll probably couple him with whatever the next one is too, or Joe and I will touch upon him briefly. And I'll also have some other guests on some other ones as time goes on. Thank you, everybody. I'll talk to you guys next time.